This is Morning Jolt with Sister Ignatia from the Sisters of St. Francis of Perpetual Adoration. Morning Jolt is a production of Spoke Street Media. Wake up! Give it up for Sister Ignatia. Okay, let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for pouring out your great love over us, uh, for gifting us with the Holy Spirit to turn us into your Son. Mother Mary, we uh, hand ourselves over to you, to your prayers, to your powerful intercession. So we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You are his witness. So there's some famous words attributed to St. Francis. They go like this. Preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. Thank you. Are you kidding me? He would never do that or say that. Okay? Thank you. Okay, if you remember one thing, St. Francis never said that ever. Okay? Thank you. Because, okay, you might look at this picture and wonder, why am I in a playpen of balls? Why am I doing that? So people might notice the good things we do, but they don't necessarily always know why we do them. I was um, walking down the street in a neighborhood in Lafayette one day, and this girl walking her dog, she was like 12 or 13, she passed me, and then she like stopped for a second, she turned around, it's like, are you Amish? I just really love people that that just say it, you know? I'm like, like, you know, no, actually. Um, I am a Roman Catholic. I'm a, a religious sister. That means I'm married to Jesus. She's like, oh, okay. So we talked for a little bit. So she got that. After I explained things to her, she understood, okay, you're not Amish. You look weird. That's okay. And you're married to Jesus. Okay. Awesome. Really nice to meet you. I'm like, great. Thank you. Really good to meet you too. Okay. If I am wearing this and I walk down the street and people confuse who and for what I stand for, man, you can't just rely on what you do. I was in a class with Dr. Scott Hahn, and he has a book called Evangelizing Catholics. I highly recommend it. It's very short. You are all very capable of reading it. And he talks about this. And he says, like, I don't know about you all, but I'm not sure if my state of conversion is good enough that I walk down the street and people observe me and know, wow, he stands for Jesus. I want to be like him. We also need our words. So what St. Francis actually said is this. It's from the rule of 1221. And it says, no brother should preach contrary to the form and regulations of the Holy Church, nor unless he has been permitted by his minister. All the friars 
should preach by their deeds. St. Francis is talking about obedience to his brother priests. If your superior, your bishop, hasn't given you permission to speak, don't preach. But don't worry. You're still called to be like Jesus. So he did not say, just go about your life and it's just better if you don't talk about Jesus. Just better that way. If necessary, go for it. St. Francis never intended to give us an excuse to not preach the gospel. So yes, we preach through our words and our deeds. And when we use words, we need to discern them and let the Holy Spirit lead us. But we need them. So I'm going to be focusing on our words and how we witness with our words. So what does it mean to be his witness? Lucky for us, there's a job description of a witness in the Acts of the Apostles. Wow. Okay, chapter 1, actually, verses uh, 21 to 22. This is when Judas has decided to go his own way. He's turned over the Savior. He's put himself to death. But they need to fill his place. And they gather the brethren, and they say, we need another witness. And they say, so one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, one of those must become with us a witness to his resurrection. One of those must become with us a witness to his resurrection. I think often we talk about, you know, when you come back from a retreat or you have a really good experience in prayer or whatever, we have this phrase that like, I really grew in my faith. Okay, that's really great. Really great. But what actually happened to you when you went to a retreat and your life got turned upside down? You met the person of Jesus. That's what happened. And if Jesus didn't rise, nothing matters. But if Jesus did rise, then everything matters. In the parable of the prodigal son, there's something really interesting that the father does not say to the son. The son comes back dejected, ashamed, and he has this whole script of what he's going to say to the father. And the father disregards that. He does not say, I forgive you. What does he say? He says you were dead and now you're alive. That's what he says. And that's what he says to us every single day. Every single day. So yes, there's a difference between baptism and confession. There's a difference between mortal sin and venial sin. But in all of it and in every moment, Jesus is either preserving you from death or bringing you back from death. That is always what is happening. And this didn't sink in for me until probably like a few months ago. I was in prayer. I was listening to the song in prayer and adoration. Praise the one who saved my soul from death. Yeshua. Jesus in Aramaic. 
praise the one who saved my soul from death. And I would sing that and I would pray it. And I would remember, that's right, you bought me back at baptism. And what he put on my heart was, I have bought you back every day. I have preserved you from a life that could have been completely different from the one you have now. That's me. And I'm giving it to you. So I was just overwhelmed by that. Scripture says in Deuteronomy, I have set before you life and death. Choose life. Then Jesus says in the Gospels, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The hireling comes in only to steal and destroy. Those are our two options. And that is what people need to hear about from you when you've experienced Jesus saving you from death, being a witness to his resurrection in you. Because he rose, that means you rise. It's not as if we're just like having on Easter Sunday, we're like, we come to church and we're like, woohoo, Jesus, good job. No one thought you could do it, but I did. <laughs> no. We're celebrating our own resurrection on Sunday. You're sitting there like, okay, sister, I think I'm a witness to Jesus. I'm like, I'm here. Um, great. Good job. And how do I know if I'm really giving testimony to Jesus's action in my life? The litmus test, a very easy one, is how often do you say the name of Jesus? How often? Is it readily on your lips? Do you attribute things to him? Are you willing to talk about him like a real person with your friends? Because we think it might be really difficult to preach the gospel, but it's not. When Peter is asked in the Acts of the Apostles, why did you do that? Why did you save this man and speak the name of Jesus? And he has a very simple answer. He says, There is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Scripture says we must be saved by the name of Jesus. And you all know the name that saves. You know him. And maybe you're sitting there like, sister, I might look like I know him, but I don't. My life is really difficult and complicated. And I don't think I could give a good witness of him in my life. That's not up to you. Jesus, he loves so unconditionally that he's not thinking about what you're going to do for him. He doesn't have a checklist of things and people that you need. That's, it's your job. Okay, you need to complete this list and come back to me, and then we can talk. Being able to speak the name of Jesus means that you're so overcome by his presence that you become Jesus, okay? Being a clear witness to him, we always say, like, we want to be like Jesus. Um, that's not the Christian life, actually. There's a lot of people that are like Jesus that don't even know him. Okay, you're called to be Jesus. That's what baptism does for you. It allows you to become who Jesus is. 
So if we know the name of Jesus, we know its power, what it can do, what it has done for us. You have to share the name of Jesus. People need to hear it. There is a very high price on the name of Jesus. No one in this country is telling you not to say it. And if they are, what are they going to do? But in other parts of the world, parts of the world that we've been hearing a lot about in the last few weeks, people hate the name of Jesus so much that they would kill you rather than listening to it. So the name of Jesus must be worth something, even to people who hate it. Are we willing to say it? And who needs to hear it more than anyone are your friends. And I'm not even talking about your friends who don't even believe in him. Who needs to hear it are the friends who believe in Jesus just as much as you do. That's who you need to speak the name of Jesus to. We forget. I forget. I just went on a home visit. And my dad always tells me, like, you know, I don't really see my life as being much more different than yours. And I'm like, oh, really, dad? Wow. Okay. It's, it's, it's very different, um, actually. Uh, it's hard to pray when I'm home. House is a mess. The chapel is not in my house. That's difficult. Um, I'm kind of used to that. It's difficult. And then when I came home, one of my sisters said, like, we need to catch up because I was going in a different direction and she was going on a home visit. So we're like, okay, we, we, we work together. So we're like, okay, we're going to catch up. And what we talked about was what happened to us on retreat. We both had had our silent retreat and we shared that with each other. And she just led me through beautiful meditations that she had. I shared with her parts of this talk that were part of my retreat that I yeah realized again. I was like, sister, yeah, I realized again, like Jesus saves me every day. And one thing that she shared with me that I'll share with you, again, who needs to hear your witness? Who needs to hear you speak in the name of Jesus? And she mentioned when Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb, who does she bring with her? She brings her friend, Mary. They go to the tomb together. She says, come, come with me. I need you to see this too. So who is that? Who are you going to bring to the tomb with you? Say like, see, he's not here. That's what he said he was going to do. He said he made a promise to me. He was going to raise me. And here, the tomb is empty. I don't belong in there anymore. So what are you witnessing to? What do you talk about? Is the name of Jesus something powerful for you? Is it beautiful? Because Preaching the gospel, witnessing to him, is not as hard as we think. The central point, Jesus has risen from the dead. You have risen from the dead. So who are you going to bring to the empty tomb? Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, we invite you to come into our hearts in a deeper way right now and invite you to, each of you to just to share with him in your own words where you feel you are in your relationship to him. Do you speak his name?
Are you scared? Just tell him. And Jesus, we offer all of these, our hopes, our dreams to you. We know that you can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. And all of this we ask in your most precious name. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. I hope you like religious life as much as I do. If you have any questions, comments, or prayer requests, contact us at our website, ssfpa.org. He leads, I follow. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.